0: Diving, diving deep, deep diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Utopia. C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. It's just is such music to my ears to say that. C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. John, it sounds like all the reports, um, both on the field and in the classroom and inside the building, on C.J. Stroud, including um, Case Keenum at his camp this past week, and had some really nice things to say about C.J. Stroud. It sounds like everything is in uh, A- to a minus to A-plus territory right now with C.J. Stroud.
1: I think that's a great way of putting it. It's probably an A-plus based on how fired up everybody is. But let's be honest, they're supposed to be at this time of year. They're, everybody's trying to build up his confidence. You know his head's got to be spinning Based on everything, offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick is putting on his plate, and quarterback coach Rod Johnson and offensive assistants—they've got two of them, Bill Laser and uh, my mind's gone blank. Who's the other one? Day. Uh, anyway, they got two wow. offensive assistants that got a lot of experience, and they're all working with him, and uh, and he should be doing well. What they're—I think what they're really talking about more than anything. Is taking to the class from the classroom to the field and not making mistakes. I talk. it's been very interesting to people who have seen him away from football say all he wants to do is talk away about football. And Matt Burke, defense coordinator, told a great story last week about how he comes up to him afterward practice and will ask him about coverages and what did you see? What did you put in? What did you see from us? And coaches just lap that up like a dog running outside in August. And I think everybody in the front office, Nick Casario, of course, Hannah and Cal McNair, Janice McNair, everybody's pumped as they should be because he's a franchise quarterback, drafted second overall, second highest in the history of David Carr.
0: Yeah, I um, Case's quotes were interesting, John, because Case is an opinion that I – I value not only because of how respected he is around the league and what people think of case Keenum, but one of the things he talked about specifically with CJ Stroud was how quickly he's picking up this offense in terms of the terminology. I think the adjective case used was wordy. He said, it's a very wordy um, offense and, um, and, and case knows case came from an air raid offense in college into this offense with Gary Kubiak in 2012 and 2013 So he knows what it's like to come from what is – I know CJ didn't come from an air raid offense, but I think it's safe to say he came from a a more collegiate type offense than a pro style offense. Um, So Case's opinion is one on this, not that I think Case would go rogue and start criticizing any of his teammates, but – Man, he, he practically had to be cut off, you know, talking about CJ. He would have kept going, I think. But I really value Case's opinion on this because he's been through this, not without, he didn't, Case didn't have the pressure of being the number two overall pick, but purely the classroom stuff. Case has been through this exact same thing before.
1: And he's been through these things with multiple organizations. Yeah. He knows so many systems. You know, wordy usually means difficult. I remember listening to John Gruden one time. In those QB things that he did on ESPN before the draft, <laughs> and he had a 17-word call. And I'm thinking, okay, why can't that just be blue or red bird or something like that where it's got to be so wordy? And the offense that Mike Shanahan started, Gary Kubiak, Kyle Shanahan, Bobby Slowick, they all put their own little nuances and wrinkles in there. But it is complicated. One of the reasons Brock Purdy adjusted as well as he did is he started almost 50 games in college, and he showed on that uh, test that he diagnosed very quickly. I would imagine C.J. Stroud, because of the S2 cognition test and all the negativity surrounding his score, he wants to prove a lot mentally because nobody likes to have their intelligence questioned Although I have my question every day, and I'm sure you've had yours question once every month or so, but and I, so I'm sure he's putting in every ounce of time that he can, and probably can't tell you where anything in Houston is other than the stadium
0: uh john once a month for me you you do realize there's a text page at the station for my show right for all of <laughs> our shows there's once once an hour i would say it would be a good day um yeah so uh so far so good on on cj stroud um do you get a chance to watch D'Amico ryan's mic up at all john on the texans uh website i did you i think? watched
1: it um well, I tried to get through all the, hey, let's go, let's go, which so many of them say and get through the give and take with the players, what yeah. he was saying to the players. And, of course, he's going to be clapping a lot and he's going to be fired up. But he has a good rapport with players because mm-hmm. he played 10 years with different players, different coaches. And so when you hear somebody call a player's coach, a lot of times people think, oh, he's easy on him. Now, I think of a player's coach as somebody who can relate to the to the players because he was there and he's experienced what they are experiencing. And it's pretty obvious he's very easygoing with them. He's got a good sense of humor. And uh, I think it was funny last week, uh, Stroud told him something about defense. And he goes, no, offense is more important. If you're scoring points, that means we're going to win. And so he does see both sides of the ball. He observes a lot. I still think he'll call the defensive signals. And uh, it's obvious from watching him in practice and watching him mic'd up, he has a really good give and take with his players.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, it, it, that's what I thought, John, too. I thought, you know, that's David Culley and Lovey Smith, I think were probably both well-liked by players. But the fact that D'Amico played in an era you know where? Where look, there's a few guys on the team that were still in the league when uh, where D'Amico was still in the league when these guys were playing. But at least he's, he, you know, he he's in an era. You know, D'Amico li- played in the era where there was Twitter. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, you know, they they're kind of relatively in that same age bracket. I, I'm just so impressed with him. I already was impressed with him, but just his ability to uh, to um, to relate and the energy he brings. I thought it was really cool. The one part where he, and I can't remember who the other two assistants were. One of them might've been Matt Burke. One of them was Burke. One of them was Burke. And then, so you know what I'm talking about here. And another one, kind of a heavy set guy comes in from off screen. And D'Amico is going, man, what? who Who put this practice together? We only got five minutes of indie work, which is independent yeah. work. Yeah. We only got five minutes of indie work. Who put this? And of course he's the one who put it together, but he, you can tell D'Amico has a great, Love for getting his hands in the clay and working with players individually?
1: Shane Day is the other offensive assistant along with Bill Lazer. The thing most first-year coaches have, and Dvico's only been a coordinator two times, uh, but they want to do too much, and sometimes you have to worry about offensive coordinators' playbook being too thick because they want everybody to see how smart they are it doesn't matter if it's too thick as long as they don't try to overwhelm mentally the quarterback and the other players. I asked uh, Bobby Slough last week uh, if when we go back at Ohio State and see the things that he did well, it might fit into what you do, Houston. Do you incorporate him? He said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we've seen every growing man, And specifically, I got that from a video podcast that Greg Cosell or Greg Cosell NFL Health, who knows more about quarterbacks than any non-quarterback coach I've ever seen, and he was doing what uh, Bobby Sloan did, with most important example, and receiver comes across, left away, and quarterback takes the and walks three steps to his right line, and plays yeah.